This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, December 6, 2019. And, of course, you know, a lot of things happening in the news, a lot of economic numbers out today, the most important one of the week and the month, probably the jobs report, which I will get to later on today. But it was a blowout number, much better than expected. And we'll, we'll go into some of the details. So I appreciate you calling. There's always something going on in the news. Uh, this is a call-in show, so I really appreciate the calls that you will make today. So please get ready to do that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you again for joining me. And, of course, I want you to call. I always want you to call. You drive the show. You take it where you want it to go. But it's got to be financial calls. Anything financial we'll talk about. I don't want to talk about anything else because I don't know a lot about everything. I know a little bit about, I know a little about a lot of things, but not a lot about any one thing. I do know quite a bit about the market. That I will tell you. I know quite a bit about economics, but I'm not one of those you know, smart people. I'm not that smart. So I'm not. And so I'm not one of those people that can, you know, you know, spout off all these statistics at the top of their head. I just know how economics works and what drives the stock market. And that's what this show is all about, to help you decide how to invest your money, how to grow it, how to get to that financial freedom goal we all set up for ourselves, whatever that number is. And of course, that number is a variable to whoever, you know, so I don't know. I can't tell you what yours is. I can after we talk because I am very good at ferreting out what your desires are and what you're going to need in retirement. But that's only after I can talk to you and see what uh, see what kind of spending habits you have, what makes you happy, what kind of lifestyle you're looking for. I can tell you then why if you have enough money. So in this hour today, I'll do my best to get you on that path to financial freedom. But, of course, you drive it. You drive that path. I'd only point that point it out to you. I'll help you get there, but you're the one that's going down that path. And I mean, you're the one that's saving your money. You're the one that's investing your money. You're the one that is, you know, is the shepherd of your wealth. And if you're not a good shepherd, well, then you won't be wealthy. Simple as that. So, give us a call. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. We're live and call us anytime you want. Four to five Pacific time. We're live Monday through Friday, but that number is always available. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Christmas will be here soon. And then January. Now, due to strong demand, I have already scheduled two portfolio review consultation trips for the end of January. I will, uh, I will be in Dallas. I will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th. Dallas, January 24th. Dallas. And I will meet with listeners over there. Uh, and I'm, then I'm gonna, when I'm going to go from Dallas, I'm then going to go to New York, back to New York again because there's a lot of demand there. I'll spend two days in New York again and... Late January, early February. Gee, won't that be fun? <laughs> I'm bringing my wife because she's never experienced that kind of cold. She she was born and raised in Southern California. So she's going to spend a few days in late January, early February in New York City. Well, that'll be fun for her. Now, that will be there Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. 
January 28th and 29th in New York. So, so to 24th in Dallas, and then the 28th and 29th in New York. So now's the time to set up appointments, people, so get your schedule going. And I know you got Christmas going on. That's why I made it even later in the months, because I know you haven't got a lot of time to think about this. But the early birds are going to get the time schedules they want, the, the time slot they want. So if you're serious about getting your portfolio assets optimized and maybe have KPP Financial help you manage your money, this is the time to do it. So go to our, you can go to our portfolio review page at investtalk.com and register there. Send me an email. Tell us you want to, you want to set up a time and we'll do it. There's no cost, no obligation. So remember that you can always call our KPP Financial offices in Irvine. California, if you want to set it up, and we can, we can, we don't have to meet in person. If you know you don't, if your portfolio is really small and you don't think it's a do, it's very good to meet with me, or you'll get much out of it, or you will get a lot out of it, but don't want to take up my time with you know a few thousand dollars in your portfolio. I still will help you. Don't think I won't. I will. Call me, send me your portfolio, take a look at it, we'll discuss it. Okay. Okay, my main talking point today, data shows 2020, 2020 might be a tough year for big city housing markets. According to one of the largest housing statistical databases, home sales will drop in 2020. Home sales will drop in 2020, and then the housing shortage could become the worst in U.S. history, a shortage of houses. But prices are going to come down, according to this survey. How's that possible when there's a shortage? So we're going to talk about it. I'll break it down later. I will. Some other talking points. I want to talk about cola. Cola, not the drink. Cost of living adjustments. Social Security adjusts every year. I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about the jobs market. But in particular, I want to talk about different parts of the job market. What is really working well? What's not in the job market? So where should you be looking for a job? What kind of skills would be beneficial? And helping the homeless. This is Christmas time, you know. We're in one of the Christmas. How to help the homeless. I got some what to do's and what not to do's to help the homeless. And, you know, you can feel any way you want to about the homeless. But the one thing I feel is I feel empathy for them. I do. I think it's a very tough life that they are either they put themselves in by maybe being drug people or that maybe they're just mentally ill, no fault of their own, or maybe it's just some circumstances. It doesn't matter. I still have empathy for them. It's a tough situation. Tough situation. I don't have a lot of empathy for the government, how they're trying to repair this problem or fix it. I think that they're to go about it in the wrong way a lot of times. See, that's my problem. And not with the people. I feel feel I feel bad for them. But anyways, we're going to talk about that too. The do's and don'ts about the homeless. And that's where we're going. What do you guys want to talk about? Remember, you're driving the show. I am just, uh, I guess what I am is I, I'm the guy who's going to, going to uh, you know, I'm the engine and you're the driver. I get the show going. I have, a, but you're going to take me, take it wherever you want it to go. So call me. Love to talk to you. The market was up today, up big because of the jobs market. Dow was up 337 points. The Nasdaq up 86, and the Na- and the SP up 28. So it's made most, almost, almost 
almost all of it back that it lost at the beginning of the week. So, talking about a little, we had some volatility this week. So, interesting stuff going on here. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary by me, me and Justin. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects in depth. I didn't pick my subject for next week. I have a, having the class on Thursday, and I'll be posting that shortly. You can learn more on investtalk.com or investtalkacademy.com. We are headed to the break, and I'm taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Robert, who lives in Vancouver, Washington. How are you doing, Robert? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. Yeah. So I've been following Sprint, and I'm wondering, is now a good time? It's hit us like all-time near low. And then there's this whole talk about the now merger that's going to happen again with T-Mobile. And uh, <laughs> is this is a good price. Well, I mean, what I understand is that well, they're the, probably going to the, get like the premium pay for it. Well, is it a good price? It's hard to say that it is because they haven't made money in the last couple of years. They've lost money. Uh, lost 16 cents a share in 2020, going to lose 11, you know, their fiscal year, 2020. And the next year, 2021, they're going to lose 11 cents. In 2019, they made only one penny a share. In 2018, they made seven cents. And the five years before that, they lost money. So what? how much is a company worth that keeps losing money? Well, why would anybody buy it? Anybody buy it? Because they do $7 billion a shares a quarter, and everybody thinks that eventually they'll turn around and start making money. That's why, because they're so big. It's not for me, uh, because I don't buy companies that don't make money. I don't like that. If the deal goes through, which it, I, I, I don't know if it will, it probably should, uh, it, it benefits. It will benefit Sprint and T-Mobile. It'll benefit both of them because they're fighting the behemoths Verizon and AT and T, right? So they they need to be big to do that. Uh, so uh, this is one of those you're going to have to roll a dice. If you really want to roll a dice, you can. But uh, I wouldn't do it because they don't make money. Sales are kind of flat. So it's just not for me. So Robert, I would look for something else personally. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. Let's take a quick look at the benchmarks today, some of the benchmarks. Oil, $58.54 a barrel. Pretty much holding steady. Uh, Gasoline prices are holding steady as well. Two-year treasury, 1.6. 10-year treasury, 1.8. So actually, the spread spread a little bit. And gold at 14.66, kind of just doing nothing much right now. So that's the numbers. There's nothing striking about them or 
something that you should really, oh, watch this, look at that. No, not, not yet. Now, the latest jobs report is out. That came out today, and it was a big surprise of 266,000 jobs. Unemployment rate fell to 3.5% from 3.6%. That's a 50-year low. And we've been down in that range for months. I, 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 you, know, you, have to give, you have to give credit to the economy. It is producing jobs. It's still rolling through. Yes, we had some weakness. But this was a big surprise on the up, upside. And there's the wage growth, too, reported in the jobs report today. Now, there are still half a million manufacturing jobs open. With full employment, we have a labor shortage. So, that you got jobs that can't be filled. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're having trouble filling them anyways. And consumer sentiment jumped up to 99.2. That, you know, stopped like a two or three month downturn. So, that was a pretty strong number. So, Things are looking up in the economy. Now, I'm going to say this. My prediction for the fourth quarter is it's, it's going to be 1% or less GDP growth. And we'll turn that we'll turn that number will turn around next quarter. It'll go up back up to close to two or over two. That's what I'm predicting based on what the numbers I see. But remember, my predictions are just as bad as the experts. You know, it, it's just a guesstimate based on what I see in the economic numbers. And so is theirs. We just don't, no one really knows. We don't. Okay, um, let's see. Well, I guess we have to go to that. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we're going to talk about uh, some other stats. We'll pick that up after the break. On the next Investock, <laughs> excuse me, we will have this story. Is the U.S.-China trade unresolvable? The trade war, is that unresolvable, U.S. and China? One analyst says it is. Meanwhile, what's he's full of it? I can't see how that's not, it's nothing's unresolvable. Meanwhile, the ongoing dispute fuels markets volatility, that's for sure. That story's going to be on Monday, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99 Chart. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Jerry in Dallas. How you doing, Jerry? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Steve? I am doing good. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate him. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I wanted to reach out to you. Um, a lot of this oil and gas stuff is happening. We can all see. Um, I was curious to get your opinion on this stock that I've been watching for about six months. Um, it's called F-Cell, Fuel Cell Energy. Uh, they had signed a deal with uh, Exxon to extend their agreement and then signed an eight-year deal with the Rhine Energy Partners, which was $200 million. And then since six or seven days ago, they took a $200 million loan out, um, and they're using about 40% for strategic growth and then $120 million for a facility. 
So since it's gone up from last month, it's hit a low. And when I did research on the company, they work with core technology. So I just want to get your opinion on it um, and see if it's something that we should be looking out for. Okay, uh, this is a company that doesn't make money, has never made money, and doesn't have any hopes of making money in the future so far, okay? Now, having said that, this is Fuel Cell Energy, everybody, F-C-E-L, manufactures stationary fuel cells worldwide for commercial, industrial, government, and utility customers. Uh, Let's see, they're going to lose, they, in 2012, they lost $30 a share. This year, they're going to lose 30 cents a share. Or next year, I should say, 2020. This year, you'll lose $6.29 a share. So you can see that they're losing less and less money, but they're still losing money. Cash flow is negative $4.23. They have, you know, a goodly amount of debt. The sales are running about, the last quarter were $9 million. This quarter, the most recent quarter, July quarter, the one that's been reported, that's the most recent they have. $22 $22 million in sales for the quarter. And it's a $70 million wow. company, and it's selling it's selling for $0.56 cents a share. This is a very speculative play. This is, this is like you can roll the dice on this stock, but your chances of it failing are pretty high. Pretty, chances of this mm. company going out of business is pretty high. Because they don't make money, they have $4 native cash flow. The only way they're surviving is people keeping them alive, other people, like other companies. You know, uh, and, and until they turn around and make a profit, I, ha- I have no interest in it. I think it's very, very speculative. Can you make money at it? Well, shoot. You know, what, a year ago, is it for what, $7 a share? A couple of years ago, three years ago, it was $30, $40 a share? Yeah, you can speculate on it. It might go up, but you know, from a fundamental point of view, it's not good. Jerry, appreciate the call. Good luck with it if you have if you buy some. Okay, let's go to Kushik. Kushik is that how you say it? Kushik in Illinois. Hi, uh, Kushik. Yes, sir. How you doing? So, uh, Steve, I love your show. I'm good. How are you? Thank you. I'm good, and I do uh, right. thank you for the call and uh, listening. You want to talk about Apple? So I have a question regarding, yes, Apple. I bought it in 2007 before iPhone uh, now came into the picture. Good for you. So it, yeah. Now, as you know, Apple is all-time high again, to 270, around 270 that time. So I'm wondering, what should I do? Like, is it is the right time to come out? Or, uh, because... How much of a, how much, as a percentage, uh as a percentage, as a percentage, how much of it is of your portfolio? Okay, Uh, so it would be around 15%, 15% of my portfolio. Okay, then, yes, you should cut back. Now get out, cut back, because it's too big of a percentage of your portfolio. So I'd probably, you could cut it in half. And I, I would feel more comfortable with you 7.5% of your portfolio. And, you know, people will ask me, well, why would I cut in half my big winners? Well, because for, for Apple, it's been running up, up, and up, and up. It's at all-time high again. It's all-time high in the PE range. And, yeah, it's a great company. 
but it won't keep climbing. There'll, there have been, you know, if you've been watching since 2007, you know that there's big pullbacks happen in Apple every so often. And so we're going to have another one. You just don't want any one stock dominating your portfolio. By the way, we own Apple in a couple of our managed accounts, and we've owned it since about 2009. Okay, so, you know, I know we have trimmed it a couple of times along the ways since then. So I know how painful it is to want to sell something, and then it keeps going up. But proper portfolio management would tell you to don't let, don't let it dominate your portfolio. Don't let it dominate. Appreciate the call. Apple, AAPL, everybody. Each day on this program, we talk about the economy. We quantify the size of our economy in dollars terms, GDP, gross domestic product. And I asked the question on Wednesday, but ran out of time to give you the answer. So we're going to do it again. Okay? Here at the break. In the United States, our GDP is equal to $20.5 trillion. Looking back over time, what was our GDP in 1933 during the Great Depression? When President Roosevelt took office, how big was it? 1960, well, how big was it? 2018, how big was it? Our U.S. GDP. I'll have the answers on the, after the break here. But now we're taking your market and financial questions live, so call 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if... Our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action. With the active 401k program, KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So the answer before the break, today in the United States, our GDP is about $20.5 trillion. $20.5 trillion. Looking back over time, uh, uh, 1933, when President Roosevelt was around, how much was it? How about in the 1960? How much was how much, what size of our economy then? Okay, the answer is the gross domestic product is a, uh, as a measure, of, which is a measure of national, uh, our, our national income and output for a new given country. Uh, and just so you know, you know, many European countries, uh, even the biggest one, Germany, is not like five, six billion, trillion. It's not that big compared to us. But in uh, 19, uh, but GDP was first developed by Simon Kutznitz for the United States Congress report in 1934. So that's the first year it was ever calculated. 
His idea was to calculate all economic uh, production by individuals, companies, and government in a single measure. Keep in mind a billion is equal to a thousand million dollars, and a trillion is equal to a million million dollars. Okay, the numbers tell the story, and the figure I provide here is adjusted for inflation. So, in 1933, U.S. economy was 0.8 trillion, so 817 billion. wasn't even a trillion in 19 uh, in the Great Depression. 1943, defense spending for World War II rose the GDP up to two, a little over two trillion. It hit three trillion in 1959. Okay, by 2000, our GDP was 3.3 trillion. So it was only 3.3 trillion in 2000. That's not that long ago. That was when the dot com era imploded. 2000, remember? Okay, for so okay for the years 1952 to 2008, what was the average size of the U.S. GDP? There's about seven billion dollars. That's that is the average spread over 58 years. So what's important is what is the size of our economy to other economies? That's the important. Uh, China, I told you before, is fourteen and a half trillion. We're twenty and a half trillion, and then the rest of the bigger economies are around five trillion or a little bit less. And just to give you an idea, you know, everybody's so worried about Russia. Russia is less than two trillion. The last time I looked, it's tiny. It's a huge landmass country and has nuclear weapons, but from an economic competitor, it's nothing. Our big competitor is China. That's our economic competitor. It's as simple as that. By far, our biggest competitor. Now, that also is our, you know, these are also our trade partners, so I'm not trying to, you know, tell you that, whoa, we, you know, we got to fight them or there's got to be a war or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the economic battle that we have with our partners. And, and they are our partners as well as our competitors. And you should have competitors. You know why you should have competitors? Because it helps the most people when you have competition for their dollars. You want competition. You want it. You just want fair competition. Fair. A fair playing field. Okay, my main talking point today is about housing. You know, I'd like to talk about housing because it's extremely important for most of us out there. A lot of our wealth is in our house. Well, there was, uh, there's some predictions here. Sales for existing homes will fall 1.8% in 2019. Okay, that's the estimate. So, sales are going to fall 1.8% next year. Home prices will flatten nationally, increasing just eight-tenths of one percent annually. But prices will fall in about 25% of the 100 largest metropolitan markets. What are those 25%? Where are those houses? 25. Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles, Miami, St. Louis, Detroit, and San Francisco. That's the, that's what it, the, was who was the name? The realtor, realtor.com did this forecast, everybody. And as demand heats up in the spring, driven by a growing number of millennia entering the market, the supply of homes for sale could hit the lowest in history. Now, think about that. We're saying our prices are falling. They're going to wait a minute, and the, the, the prices are flattening. And how can that happen when demand is going up? 
and sales are going to go down. How can sales go down when demand's going up? Because there's not enough houses. Inventory is being squeezed. We haven't been building enough houses. That's how that's going to happen. But why would the price go down? So there's there's a disconnect here. Usually, some law of supply and demand. Demand goes up because the millennials are coming into the housing market. Supply is limited. Prices will go up. But they're saying it's not going to happen this time. Of course, that's their opinion. Uh, and I'm not so sure I'm buying into that. I have a feeling prices might go up because of supply and demand. We'll see. That's the main talking point, though. What is good is that uh, values are going to at least hold their, hold up. They're going to hold up because they've really been moving up tremendously the last few years, right? So, you know, you don't want things to fall because a lot of your wealth is in that property, but... But don't expect I, I don't expect it to keep driving it up like it has been. It, it just probably can't because it, affordability is getting very tight, very tight. Okay, let's grab another caller. It's uh, about the Dow futures, and this came in earlier at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, this is Dan in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. I'm a podcast listener. What is meant when they talk about the Dow fair value and the Dow futures. I'm just curious what exactly that means and, and what makes up those numbers or what factors go into determining those numbers. Thanks a lot. I'll wait for your answers on the podcast. Okay, fair value. Um, Dow fair value, that's, you know, that's a tough call because everybody has their own opinions on what that is. And when someone, you listen to some news show about well, the fair value of the Dow, you know, that means some, uh, some company, maybe they, S&P, maybe, you know, they're, they're coming up with their own value of what the Dow should be, and that's why they're calling fair value. And, you know, that's still opinion, no matter what you say. Futures, they're talking about what the cost is going to be in the futures. For instance, um, you can buy, you can buy, you can buy things in the future at today's, at using today's dollars, right? For instance, McDonald's has to buy five years in the future French fries. So they go to the futures market and they buy, they'll buy a 20 tons or 200 million tons, whatever French fries they think they need five years from now. And they buy them today. Well, they, why did they do that? Because they want to ensure the supply. And whoever is growing the potatoes want to ensure they have a, a, a price, a market for to sell their potatoes five years from now. So that's why the future market, the futures market does. So, you know, for commodities, it's real easy to understand. Now, when you have a futures market for indexes like the Dow or any others, it's what people think it's going to be in the future. Okay, where's it going to be? What's the fair value in the future of using today's dollars? It can get kind of messy, so complicated. So, but but overall, you as an investor, that generally doesn't concern you. Really, does not. You know, that's not how you're going to make money in the market. Most of us don't have to worry about it. Interesting question. I just don't know if how many people are interested in it. Okay. Um, so, we talked about the housing, so we're done with that. Uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter, was I distribute that every Friday, went out this morning, 
And it's pretty much full of a bunch of information based on this week's economic numbers and the stock market and, you know, a little prognostication about what's going to happen in the future. And I put that out every week, every Friday, the e-newsletter. And I mentioned today this week was a wild ride in prices. The market was overbought and, you know, uh, and now it's probably, you know, then it got oversold a little bit. Now it got overbought again during the week. So, and the market is overvalued in general, but not tremendously so. That's what I was talking about in the newsletter. Uh, and I talked about, okay, we probably had, you know, we're probably in due for a correction. Remember the last decent size correction we have was a year ago, December, 10%. That was the worst December in like history by the way, because usually December is a good month. So, but we're overdue for that correction. We're overdue. And I just don't know. And I would speculate, well, how deep, you know, a nice, decent correction is 10%. That would be very good health restoring correction. And we should be looking for that. And you should have some money on sidelines to, to take advantage of any correction that comes along. In the portfolio management section, I talked about, uh, the lack of volatility up until this week, and then talked about the massive swings in the marketplace over the last 20 years and how to ride those waves and how to try to, you know, try to ignore fear and greed while you're doing it. It's difficult. If, if I wish it was a simple thing. It is not. Okay. Um, the, of course, the, the newsletter goes into more details about these things. I'm just, just touching the surface of what I'm talking about. I gave you a couple of stock ideas, a leading global manufacturer of cereal and cookies, and also a, 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 a video game publisher was another one. So those are the two stock ideas. And those stock ideas are for your watch list. They're not to say, oh, as soon as you see them, you go buy them. I'm not talking, no. These are the ideas I kind of like, and I think you should maybe do some investigation, maybe put on your watch list, decide if you ever, you know, someday you want to buy it or not. Just watch it and see what the numbers are. Or, you know, maybe you already own these stocks. I don't know. But I'm just trying to produce a good solid list of equities that you can follow and may be part of your portfolio at some point. And so that was on the, uh, that was the uh, stock ideas. Consumer watch. That's another section. I talked about the baby boomers reaching retirement and they're looking for affordable destinations to live. So where can you retire on a budget of about 30000 a year? And I mentioned Puerto Rico, Costa Rica. You know, I mean, there's there's places you can go. A couple other places. I mentioned, I think, four altogether. Under $30,000 a year. So there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. And, we, and I print it out. Every, I, I produce it. I write it every week. Okay, I send it out in the e-newsletter form Monday, Friday mornings, late mornings usually. Um, so if you're interested in subscribing, you can do that. Go to investhot.com and subscribe. Uh, so I would, you know, comes out every Friday, as I said. I'm Steve Pease, and you're listening to Invest Talk. And as you make your investment choices, there would always be a bit of fear, right? I mean, there's always excitement when you buy something. You're excited because you think you're going to make a lot of money. And when it turns down, now you're fearful. Like, oh gosh, am I going to lose a lot of money on this deal? Did I make a mistake? 
Well, that's fear and greed. Those are the two things that drive markets. The only two things that drive markets, by the way, fear and greed. The only two emotions involved in the market, fear and greed. And you have to control both of them, both of them. To try to control them, you first have to understand yourself and how much risk you're willing to take and before fear takes over or how much reward you want before greed takes over and you get and you get silly about the, the, the greed. Either way. So we have a little tool, investtalk.com, that you can take a little test, kppfinancial.com, one of the two. It's called Riskalyze. It's just a quick questionnaire. It's not very long, pretty easy to do. And it will measure your, give you a score from zero to 100 and 80 is the score of the S&P 500. So you first find out what your personal risk score is. Then we find out what your portfolio risk score is and see if they match up. Now, when it, when it tells you when they do match up or they're close, all that tells us is you should be able to withstand, you know, a certain amount of, of volatility and you shouldn't be so fearful because, you know, the risk score is telling us that this portfolio will go down or up and at so, so many percentage points and you said in your questionnaire that you're okay with that that much down pull pull down or run up in the market and you're not, not fearful nor are you greedy that's what it's trying to do okay so if you want to subscribe you got to go to invest.com or kpp financial Okay, now, do you know what COLA is? Cost of living adjustment. Social Security has a COLA every year, and they base it on the CPI, Consumer Price Index. This year it's going up, man. This for 2020 it's going up 1.6 percent, and there's a big hoopla about how low that is. Well, inflation is low, so it should be slow. And you know, most pension fam- most pension funds don't have cola. When you buy an annuity, they don't. They know there's no cola. Social Security has. You should be happy even has it. To be perfectly honest, in other words, your money goes up every year if the inflation goes up. But you know, if you did a if you have a pension that you just get so much per month, then if you live 20 years and your buying power goes down slowly because the money never changes. Social Security does. And Social Security was not designed as your quote-unquote retirement. It was a supplement to your retirement. So don't be treating it like, well, this is my retirement account, therefore I'm going to retire on Social Security. Well, then you're looking at it all wrong. It's a supplement to whatever retirement you put together for yourself. Be self-reliant. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we've gone. We've got one goal here, and that's to help you achieve that self-reliance. We call it financial freedom. And of course, our work will continue right after this break. Our number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. On the next invest talk, is the U.S. China trade war unresolvable? One analyst says yes. And the dispute fuels market volatility. That story Monday on Invest Talk. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888 99Chart. Hey, this is Travis calling from Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, I had a question about LB, L brand. It looks like it pays a good dividend and 
I feel like it's going to trend back upwards. Just wanted to see what you all thought before buying it right now. Thanks a bunch. Bye. Well, L Brand, Brands has had their problems, and the problems is that they have a number of divisions. Uh, one of them is the Victoria's Secret, and that's the stores that have been the biggest problem. They operate 2,943 uh, stores and franchises, 674 specialty retail stores in the United States, and they have, I think, Bed Bath & Beyond or one of those others. That's their stores, too. Uh, and their other divisions are doing very well, but not the Victoria's Secret. It's a $4.9 billion company. It's not small. They're going to make $2.36 next year after $2.38 this year. And the dividend is 6.7%, and it's a $17.82 stock. So they can easily afford the dividend. It's about 50% payout ratio. We like to be under 60, and this is 50. PE is very low. I mean, remember, they're going to make $2.36 a $17 stock, close to $18 stock. So you're talking about a, what, a 7, 8 PE. So it's very low. The range is 6 to 27. Uh, the problems is, as I said, is Victoria's Secret, and their sales have been slowly falling, you know, into low single digits. So that, that has been overhanging their head, and that's why the stock has fallen from, you know, $60, $70 a share a few years ago to here to now it's at seventeen eighty two. It's at a very good value point. Kind of like it for that reason. The value is there and while you're waiting for it to recover and you'll get a nice dividend. But they got to turn around the Victoria's Secret situation that sales. Apparently, you know, things, uh, the, the tastes are changing a little bit and so that's, that story's been struggling. So, but I do like the fundamentals. They're really solid. They really are. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. Okay, you know, we talked about the jobs report, 266,000 new jobs last month, much more than the expectation by a big margin, okay? And it drove down the unemployment rate. But where are those jobs? What kind of industries? The number one is healthcare. Healthcare jobs are growing much faster than any other industries or sectors. Okay, better pay in that area as well. Okay, of the 266,000, 45,000 of those jobs was hospital, uh, doctor's offices, or labs. Okay, and there's been 414,000 jobs in this area in the past year, 2018. 89% of the jobs created are in the service sector. Service sector, not the manufacturing sector. But don't don't just dismiss manufacturing. Two hundred fifty thousand two thousand two hundred fifty thousand jobs were in the manufacturing sector in two thousand eighteen. So it's not nothing. It's just that there's a heck of a lot more growth in the service sector. And our economy, of course, is a service dominated economy. And all I'm pointing out is if you have children and you want that, they're asking you what kind of career they should get into and they're entering college, how about a healthcare career? That seems pretty solid to me. Remember, baby boomers, my generation, we're getting older, 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 and older, and older, and older, and we need lots of help. Not just mental help, physical help. So <laughs> the demand is still going to continue to be there. So I think that's a good, good point to uh, discuss with your children as they decide to go to college and what they should specialize in. You know, I have a number of nieces and nephews going into the medical field, either 
nursing or doctors or whatever into the medical field, I think it's a good idea. Okay. 888-99-CHARGE, our number, 888. Are we running close? We are. I have one more talking point that I want to get in. Uh, Helping the homeless, everybody. Okay. I I don't care what side of of the political spectrum you're on. You know, we all should have some sympathy for the homeless for whatever reason. Things you could do. You could donate to trusted organizations. Or you can help at food banks. You know, there's there's places that feed the homeless. You know, you you don't want to, what you don't want to do is you don't want to give them money. You want to help them. Don't give them money because, you know, many times they'll just get it stolen or drink the money or whatever it is. You don't need to do that. And don't treat them like they are not there. That's, that's really, you know, remember they are fellow human beings. So they are there. Anyways, I know there's problems. I'm not trying to dismiss the problems, but that's a political issue. I'm just trying to try to teach people like they're people. That's what I'm saying. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another InvestTop program. I will return Tuesday. Justin Klein will host this program on Monday. And please be sure to tell your friends and family members about our show. And, of course, the free podcast. They can get that downloaded just like you can if you want. You can download it through Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. Or InvestTop.com there too. Be sure to rate us too. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights.